Welcome to an audio teaching from Windsor Park Baptist Church in Auckland, New Zealand. If you would like to look at the message notes or see some questions for reflection that take their lead from today's teaching, head to our website, windsorpark.org.nz and head to the online tab where you'll see services and series and you can download different resources from there. Thanks for joining us and we hope you're encouraged by today's teaching. Kia koutou katoa. Hello everyone. I hope that you've had a lovely long weekend. Today we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 1 verses 5 to 17. The reason I chose this passage to speak on today is that it is a beautiful story of how God weaves his people into the greater plan for our world. It is a story of grief, joy, hope and faithfulness. Let's take a look at Luke chapter 1 verses 5 to 17. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as a priest before God, He was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time came for the burning of incense, all the assembled worshippers were praying outside. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. I want to preface this next bit by acknowledging that This might be raw for some people. You might have some feelings of grief or hurt that may arise. And if that happens, my hope is that you would experience the comforting, healing and restoring presence of God. Now the first thing I want to look at is verses 6 and 7. Both Zechariah and Elizabeth lived holy, God-honoring lives. They followed God wholeheartedly. However, they were childless into their old age. Now, the fact that this is mentioned is important for lots of reasons that we won't go into. But that's to say that in the Jewish culture, not having children was one of the most difficult things one could experience. For those of us who want children today, that remains to be the case. It is one of those situations where we realize how powerless we are. 
where we as Christians turn to prayer, asking God to act. Sometimes our prayers are answered and sometimes they are not. In the situations where they aren't, we are left in this difficult tension of holding on to hope on one side and grieving a deep desire on the other. For Zechariah and Elizabeth, this was their reality. And to add to their grief, they would have likely had many, many questions. Why couldn't we conceive? Who would look after us in our old age? Who would carry on our lineage? We cannot be sure of what they were thinking, but if that was me, I think there would be a thought that would cross my mind. But God, I've been faithful. But God, I've been faithful. Have you ever thought that before? Have you ever been in that space where God didn't come through in the way that you were hoping? Often we get to a, a point in our lives where things don't work out in the way that we expect. Our careers don't work out as we planned. We struggle to find a, a life partner. We have health issues. Our loved ones die. We have miscarriages. Our business falls apart. Our children fall away from their faith. We struggle with our mental health. We have these crisis points where we realize that life hasn't worked out in the way that we thought it would. Now, many of us will have heard of the, the false theology of what is called the prosperity gospel, that if you give more, that you'll be blessed with more. However, I think a lot of us have a prosperity theology of our own, a theology that has caused us a lot of pain or disappointment, or in some cases, even the loss of faith. It is, if we are faithful to God, that life will go to plan. If we're faithful to God, that life will go to plan. That if we pray and read scripture and give financially, if we're a part of a church and, and if we're good people, that God will protect us from suffering. And it's a nice thought. It's a thought that I'd like to believe. But unfortunately, it's not true. Our faithfulness to God doesn't guarantee us an easy life. God promises us that he will be with us. He promises he will be faithful. He promises us life after death. However, he never guarantees that everything will work out as we hope. He never says that we will, will avoid suffering. The truth is that life is always a lot messier than we think it is going to be. But that does not mean that God is with us any less. Throughout the Bible, we see incredibly faithful people who experienced tragic suffering. Most of them doubted got angry or tried to take things into their own hands or, or control. However, they also brought their frustrations and disappointments and disillusionments to God. God can handle our questions. He is not offended by our doubts or our anger. When things get tough, He wants us to lean into Him. He wants to comfort us and help us. 
So if you're struggling with stuff, or you have questions, or you are just angry, let God know. Include Him in your life. Share your burdens with the giver and sustainer of life. Now the rest of this passage shows us how God masterfully weaved Zechariah and Elizabeth into the greatest story of the redemption of the people of God. Now there, there are two contextual things to understand. The first is the significance of the priestly system and how rare this opportunity for Zechariah was. In Zechariah's time, there were approximately 18,000 priests and each priest would serve at the temple for about two one-week periods a year. One of the great privileges of priestly life was officiating the sacrifice on behalf of Israel, on behalf of their nation. It was literally a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity that many priests would never get to have. However, on this occasion, in his elderly years, Zechariah finally got his chance. So he goes into the temple, he burns incense, and he begins to pray. Now, the text doesn't say what he prayed for, but it is safe to say that he was praying for the redemption of Israel. However, as he prayed, the angel came to him and said that Elizabeth, his wife, would give birth to a son who would go on to be the messenger of the Lord. Now, what makes this even more significant is the messenger of the Lord was prophesied about a number of times over 500 years earlier. One example of this is found in Malachi chapter 3, verse 1, where God said, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come. God answered Zechariah's prayer for Israel. He answered what would have been Zechariah and Elizabeth's long-awaited prayer for a son. And he fulfilled a number of prophecies from over 500 years earlier. Imagine what this experience would have been like for Zechariah and Elizabeth. Decades of grief. Decades of unanswered questions and suffering, despite their continued faithfulness. But finally, they were given a son. And not just any son, but a son that would pave the way for Jesus. A son that was prophesied about over 500 years earlier. Jesus didn't, oh, God didn't just answer their prayers. He blessed them with one of the greatest privileges that they could experience. He restored their sense of shame. Everyone around them would know of God's favor in their lives. Now, one of my favorite verses, and, and it's quite fitting here, it's the words of Paul to the letter of, uh, in, the, in the letter to the Romans. It says, and we know that in all things, God works together for good for those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Life does not always go to plan. However, God is faithful and he is working. If there's something that, that we can learn from Zechariah and Elizabeth, is that we need to stay the course and continue putting our hope and faith in God. Without their faithfulness, this would have likely been a much different story. And that leads us to our last point. 
Now, one of the things that stood out to me when I was reading this passage was verse 10. It says that all the assembled worshippers were praying outside the temple, hoping that God would answer Zechariah's prayers and deliver Israel. As we know, God answered their prayers in a way that was far beyond what they could conceive. Jesus, the long-awaited Messiah, would come and eventually the presence of God would be made accessible to all people through the person of the Holy Spirit. Because of this, not only can we pray to or live with the Spirit, but we can have the Holy Spirit living in us. Now, the reason this verse stuck out to me was that the worshippers approached God with expectancy that he would act. How often do we approach God like that? Do we approach God? uh, Do we expect that God will comfort us when we are grieving? Do we expect him to act when we pray? When we gather together, do we expect that God is going to move among us? I'm going to go out on a limb here, but I think a lot of us doubt that God acts. And I think we doubt it because we have prayed before and it seems as though nothing has happened. So instead of praying with the expectation that God is going to do something, we either end up praying something so general we wouldn't even notice if God answered it, or we just don't really pray at all. You know, we turn up to church or or life groups and, and we tick that box with no expectation that God is going to do something. Now, about seven years ago, I went to a, a service at, at St. Paul's in the city. And if I'm being honest, I was only going because my friends were there. And afterwards, they, they used to do these delicious dinners. And, uh, you know, you may laugh, but, but God got the last laugh. During the sermon, I remember this feeling of conviction as God started to show me some things that I needed to work through. And at the end of the sermon, they invited people to come forward for prayer. And reluctantly, I decided that I'd, I'd go up. And so I went up to the front and I knelt before the cross as God ministered to me. I was there for about half an hour. By the time that I got up, the, the whole room had cleared out. And I say that God got the last laugh because afterwards I went to get the dinner, but everyone had already been back for seconds and, and there was none left. Now, the reason I'm telling you this is because I turned up with no expectation, but God was wanting to do something in me. What may God want to do in you? Maybe it's here today. Maybe it's another service or in a life group or or during your week. Are you expecting God to move? In a moment, I'm going to pray But I want to encourage you to to reach out to someone and pray for each other. And if you have no one with you, feel free to pick up the phone and give someone a call. Or just spend some time sharing what is going on in your life with God. And let the Holy Spirit minister to you. Let's pray. Jesus, I I thank you that, that you love us. I thank you that you came uh, to be among us and that you sent your spirit to, to live among us now, to be with us, to be in us, to transform us, to be more like you. 
Lord, I thank you that you are faithful, even in those times where we can't see you working. Lord, in our grief and our pain, when we have questions or or frustrations or sometimes even anger, you want to comfort us and heal us. Lord, you have a plan for us, a plan for us that is good, but a plan that often we can't see, a plan that we often can't understand. Lord, like Zechariah and Elizabeth, help us to be faithful to you in those seasons where we struggle, in the seasons where things don't seem to make sense or they haven't worked out in the way that we planned. Lord, help us in those times. Help us to keep focused on you and the bigger picture that you have for for us personally and for our world. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining our audio teaching today. If there are ways that we can continue to support you or help you in your journey, please reach out to us. Head to our website, windsorpark.org.nz, and you'll find various ways to contact us. God bless.